Our primary reading this morning is from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. Would you listen now for the word of the Lord? In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all of Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for it has been written by the prophet, And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is a shepherd, my people of Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out. And there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A decade ago, I was in my final year of seminary, facing an uncertain future, and actively struggling to figure out my place as a queer person pursuing ministry in a denomination that was still wrestling with the full inclusion of folks like me. Not to mention all the other existential questions about life, family, career, and future that defined most of my 20s. I have always been someone who preferred certainty and control and known quantities. I actually prefer spoilers. I'd usually rather watch movies and TV shows when I already know what's going to happen. Less anxiety that way. And while I do love a good, occasional, very calculated risk, I generally find the unknown and the impossible to anticipate very overwhelming. And so in late 2013, recognizing that the year ahead would hold quite a bit of the unknown, I made a decision. Instead of setting a New Year's resolution or goal that I would no doubt eventually stray from and feel guilty about, I chose a word that I hoped would guide and anchor me in the year to come. I chose the word courage. I kept it in mind throughout the year, even wrote it on my wrist as a reminder. And often it gave me the little extra oomph of bravery I needed to face the uncertainty in my life. A lot has changed in the last 10 years. 
But my ritual of choosing a guiding word each year has remained the same. I've done patience, love, presence, open, gratitude, and others. In 2023, I actually went with the word okay to help me remember that sometimes okay is enough. Some years have been more effective than others. But one thing that has proven true time and time again is that these words have directed me and shown up for me in surprising and unexpected ways. And another thing that I've learned over the years is that no matter what word I chose, it always came down to the same thing. Trust. Trust in something bigger than myself. Trust in God. And even though I am a lifelong Christian and an ordained pastor, this is something I struggle with mightily, especially in the face of uncertainty. Our story for today is also, in a way, about trusting God in the face of the uncertain and the unknown. It's the story of the Magi, sometimes referred to as the wise men, who follow a star to Jesus and offer gifts and worship to honor him. It's also the story of King Herod, who learns of Jesus and reacts very, very differently from the Magi. Perhaps my own struggles with uncertainty and trust are why whenever I read this epiphany story, I feel an uncomfortable amount of empathy and understanding for, of all people, King Herod. Yikes. But listen, verse 3 in this passage says that when the Magi came, speaking of the birth of the prophesied king of the Jews, Herod heard it and was frightened, and all of Jerusalem with him. The Greek word here that gets translated as frightened or in other places as troubled is teraso. And it's described as meaning to stir up that which needs to remain still. There is some intensity in that definition, especially the last part. The need to remain still, at ease, carries with it a sense of desperation, of impending threat. That is what Herod feels in response to the birth of Jesus Christ. The sure and certain realization that everything he knows and relies on, everything familiar and stable in his life and world, is about to change forever in ways totally beyond his control. I kind of know that feeling. Maybe you do too. And so I can believe that the people of Jerusalem did in fact feel it right along with the king because no matter who you are, the promise of impending and overwhelming upheaval can be terrifying. We get that, don't we? Who runs willingly and joyfully into the unknown? Maybe some of you, but not me. But the one we call the Prince of Peace, who comes to us in the frail vulnerability of a newborn child, comes with a promise not only of peace eventually, but also before that, the setting in motion of utter upheaval, change, 
the unexpected, transformation. This word, teraso, follows Jesus. It's the same word that describes how Zechariah feels when the angel comes to announce John's birth. And it's the same root used in the gospel accounts of Jesus walking on water. It's what the disciples feel when they see him doing the impossible. It is that deep, awesome knowing that something is stirring. Something big and new and unexpected and unprecedented is beginning to unfold. King Herod is afraid and all of Jerusalem with him. And that's understandable. Christ has come, and nothing will ever be the same. These days, we dress up Epiphany as a joyful folktale about colorfully costumed kings from far-off lands going with their camels to bring fancy gifts to sweet little baby Jesus. But Epiphany is really about the revelation of God in a powerful and profoundly transforming way. It's not unreasonable to be afraid, to dig our heels in and hold tighter to the things we know and take comfort in, that feel stable and safe and expected. But that isn't the only possible response. It's not the response of the Magi. Unlike Herod, the Magi choose trust over fear and control. We refer to them often as the three wise men or kings, but the truth is that we don't really know their gender or their number or even exactly where they came from. Most scholars agree that they were likely Zoroastrian priests, which was an early monotheistic religion that predates Judaism and, of course, Christianity. It matters to know this because it means that when these magi saw in the stars the foretelling of the birth of Christ, and then chose to follow, they were leaving behind everything familiar to them in pursuit of a child prophesied by another faith entirely. Where Herod saw danger and threat and all that was being stirred up, the Magi saw wonder and invitation. It was not without danger for them, of course, It roped them into the conspiracy of the king. And honestly, we don't really know what becomes of them when they leave Jesus behind and don't return to Herod as they were commanded. All we know is that they follow a star and listen and watch and trust where it leads. And there they encounter God's own self. Then they go home a different way. Of course they do. Isn't that what it means to encounter Christ, to be stirred up and transformed such that you cannot go back the way you came? You are different. Everything is different. It's important to recognize, too, that when the Magi set out, they had no idea where their journey would lead or how long it would take. The revelation of God came slowly in its own time, and its own way. This is a story about how we face the unexpected and uncertain and unknown. The Magi choose trust, and it leads them on a journey 
to Jesus. He is not the king of their faith, and they are not his people, except they are. Last week, Pastor Colin told us that with the arrival of Christ, God finally was really, truly, incarnationally with us, and almost no one knew it. That God was objectively visible, but practically invisible. Indeed, it was only those who were willing to embrace the unexpected and unknown, to look beyond the familiar, who saw and appreciated Jesus for who he was. Meanwhile, Herod is afraid of what this child Jesus may mean for his own future. And Herod believes that the only way to keep himself safe is to take matters into his own hands. He can't trust in God or anyone. He believes it's all down to him to figure out. And the only thing he can do is try to eliminate the threat. Pastor Colin also talked last week about our fear that we are all alone and how we deal with that. And Herod's deep-seated fear that it is all on him, that is the part I reluctantly confess that I relate to. The modern Christian teacher Parker Palmer calls this functional atheism. He says that while many Christian people claim they believe in God, most of us function in our lives as atheists. Little seems to cause us more trouble than the godless belief that the ultimate responsibility for everything rests with us. Despite our profession of faith, we operate as if deep down we believe that we are all alone. I feel this. I hate that I feel this, but I do. And the more racked with violence and conflict and upheaval the world becomes, the more uncertainty there is in my own life, the more I fall into this trap of functional atheism. I cling to my fear instead of my faith. I stay up late plotting out plans A to Z and trying to project and account for every possibility. And it all just makes me feel more and more alone and overwhelmed. But this epiphany story offers us a different way. Christmas is the story of a God who will not be kept from us, a God who defies every barrier and enters into humanity itself to reach us, a God who finds us exactly where we are, wherever that happens to be. Epiphany is the revelation that God not only meets us where we are, but also journeys alongside us and leads us somewhere better. Anne Lamott says, I do not at all understand the mystery of grace, only that it meets us where we are, but does not leave us where it found us. What good, good news this is for all of us, perhaps especially for those of us who are struggling in the face of uncertainty who are finding it hard to trust, who are feeling alone. In the years since I started my own tradition of choosing a guiding word for the year, I've seen the rise of a practice in churches called Star Words, which I believe we're doing some form of here this morning in just a bit. 
In this practice, typically, a number of words are written on stars, and each person gets to choose a word not knowing what it will be. And that word is meant to lead them into and through the new year, to give them a spiritual focus. I love that this has become a thing. Honestly, I still choose my own word because I guess that even after all these years, I still have control issues. (laughs) Progress, not perfection, right? For 2024, I've chosen the word release in hopes that it will help me learn not to white-knuckle my way through life, to recognize what is mine to carry, and to release my grasp on the rest and, you guessed it, trust in God a little more. But I love that star words are often fairly random, not chosen by the individual. Because they are a reminder that the Holy Spirit can and does work through anything, any person, any word, to meet us, to come alongside us, and to transform us. And I think here at Parkside, we're actually doing star scriptures, which I also love, because that reminds us that we don't have to start from scratch. There is so much chaos in the world these days, so much upheaval that does not come from God, but rather from deep and seemingly relentless human brokenness. As I look to this new year, I don't know about you, but I don't want any more upheaval, (laughs) not in the world, not in my own life. And yet, I know that we don't find our way to better by standing still. And it is heartening to know that God is still and always at work in the midst of it all. The promise of Christ to us in this Christmas season is not that everything will be calm and stable and familiar and unchanging. But it is a promise of holy upheaval within us and beyond us, holy transformation toward a different way of being, a better way. It is a journey, one that may indeed call upon us to walk into the uncertain and unknown, and we may find ourselves afraid at times. That's okay. But when we feel like deep down we are all alone, we can take comfort in this epiphany story and reminder that we are actually in good company with faithful magi from distant lands following the light into the unknown, with unwed mothers and dirty shepherds and trembling, doubting disciples watching the impossible unfold. And above all, with Jesus himself, who by his grace meets us wherever we are, but does not leave us there. Jesus who never leaves us alone, not for a single second. Jesus, who leads us toward holy, transforming love and journeys with us all along the wild and wandering way. God is and will be with us, whether we trust in it or not. And in the face of whatever uncertainty the future holds, if we can learn to open ourselves and trust even when we are afraid, we will move forward knowing that we are not alone and that we are moving ever closer to love and a peace that lasts for us and for all. A kingdom where no one will need to be troubled or afraid or uncertain anymore.
May it be so. Amen.